Welcome to Pops, a Taste of Riverdale podcast. I'm River. And I'm Nathan. And today we're covering Season 1, Episode 11, To Riverdale and Back Again. Before we get into the episode, a quick recap from last episode. Last time on Riverdale, Archie throws a huge kegger for Jughead's birthday. Betty sings a haunting happy birthday tune like a little gremlin. Fred goes to Chicago to finalize the divorce with his estranged wife, Mary, and Veronica makes some big decisions about Daddy Warbuck. I mean, her father, Hiram Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> that catches us up. Nate, do you want to get us into uh, to Riverdale and back again? Yeah, sure. This was, you know, I, I surprised myself and I had a fun time watching it. That's two episodes in a row where I had a good time. Nice. So bringing it together for us here yeah, at the end of the season. <laughs> really finishing strong. Um, so I'll I'll do a, a, a quick recap of uh, chapter 11 here this week's episode. Um, our opening scene um, with Jughead's uh, kind of opening monologue. We have the the Pussycats singing over the intercom. It's homecoming weekend. Uh, there's the homecoming game against their rivals, the Baxter High Ravens. Um, mm-hmm. We get a small scene where Betty is trying to get out of doing homecoming decoration. And we also learn that it's reunion weekend. So we have alum from the high school coming back for their reunion. Yes. Um, then our kind of classic pre-credit, or not credits, but like the pre-Riverdale title drop mm-hmm. uh, scenes uh, are we see... Um, Archie and his family, he's, he's with his mother in the kitchen, and uh, Archie kind of assumes his mom is here to finalize the divorce. We learn that she lives in Chicago. She's only here for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Maybe we learned she was in Chicago last week. I don't remember. I don't think we did. I don't think so either. Um, <laughs> but I was like, okay, so she lives in Chicago. She's just here for the weekend. Um, she mention, mentions that she is excited uh, to go see his performance and go see him sing. Um, Then we see kind of a a preview of the Lodge family, Uh, and it's just uh, Veronica and her mom. Uh, The attorney calls with good news and and says that the judge is giving her father, like, time served. Mm -hmm. And Veronica still suspects her father had something to do with uh, Jason's death. Her mom basically just tells her to drop it. Um, Don't worry about it. Our next kind of pre-episode scene is uh, the Judson family. They're at FP's trailer. Um, we see uh, Jughead come in. Uh, and he's bringing some coffee and donuts. And uh, <laughs> he's he's brought like a manuscript uh, about the, the like what he's been working on this whole time, basically. Yeah. Uh, he's brought it to his dad and he's kind of going over it with him. Um, and... Uh, FP kind of gives him some advice and asks him questions about it. And the place is like cleaned up. It looks nice. FP has shaved. Um, so we, we get kind of a nice family scene he there. That's nice shaved <laughs> than with the little stubble. <laughs> yeah. The trailer looks good. Debatable. Looks worse. Debatable. Um, <laughs> Fair. It's a matter yeah. of taste. I prefer him with the stubble. Uh, so then our, our next um, Archie is uh, Archie and Veronica. They're at school. Uh, they have kind of a like a small conversation about uh, what happened uh, last ep- the end of last episode where they seemingly kind of like made out, hooked up, whatever. Um, Archie apologizes for not calling. Um, he asks what they're going to do. What is the plan? Um, 
there's a some conversation they have there which we'll get into later um and uh archie kind of asks like oh well will you perform with me um i need help for this performance that my mom is going to and veronica at the time kind of tells them like mm, i don't think so so then we get our, our title drop and um we finally get into the episode properly here uh our, our first real scene it's veronica and betty uh, they're at the blue and gold betty's mom is kind of going crazy again alice cooper that's just so funny. Sorry if you don't say it. <laughs> she, she, I always think of the band, too. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, she says, like, anyone who's not in this room is a suspect. The, the pussycats are suspects. Um, Veronica mentions her dad being a suspect. Uh, Alice makes a comment about Joaquin, uh, calling him that gay greaser serpent. Um, mm-hmm uh says that he and kevin were uh not talking but conspiring and then betty betty kind of pushes back on all this stuff and it's like no i'm not going to investigate fp i trust drughead he trusts his dad he didn't have anything to do with it um and says bye i'm gonna go plan the homecoming dance um our next scene is polly at the blossom mansion she's just kind of sneaking around she sees a room with a bunch of wigs, which is maybe supposed to be scary. Um, and then we get the reveal that Mr. Blossom actually has short gray hair. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he looks, like, very offended that she saw his wigs, too. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, pissed. <laughs> that scene was super funny. Um, so then we go on. And uh, let me pull myself together here. Um uh, <laughs> It's, it, uh, was, it was a ridiculous scene, to be fair. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was so weirdly timed because our, our next scene is, is Veronica and Mrs. Cooper. Um, so Veronica comes in and is like, hey, you know, I'm not loyal to Jughead. Uh, I'll investigate him. And basically, uh, Mrs. Cooper's like, OK, I'll, I'll give you the details later. We'll plan something. Um, and uh, so then, then we, we cut to a scene with Cheryl. Uh, they're out eating lunch outside, and there's like snow on the ground at this picnic yeah. table. Like a good amount of snow too. Good amount of snow. They're wearing jackets. Like, I, interesting decision. But anyway, yeah. it, and it's homecoming. Like homecoming is like not that late in the fall. That's what I was thinking because it's usually like <laughs> late September. Yeah. Maybe mid September even. Yeah. It's not in like December <laughs> when when there would be snow on the ground. Maybe yeah. they live in an alternate universe where they don't have global warming. Maybe that mu- that must be it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just that's it. <laughs> Their ice caps are normal. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she announces Cheryl has this big announcement that she's bringing Polly to the homecoming dance as her date. She gives some explanation as to why. Um. It's kind of an interesting little scene. Archie is like, oh, I'm gonna play some songs at the dance. Um, they tell him, actually, no, you can't, because your songs are really sad. And... It's the funniest. <laughs> I laughed so hard. At this yeah. Scene. Uh, and then Veronica is like, actually, no, I'm gonna help Archie. I am gonna perform with him, and we're gonna make some upbeat covers of those songs. Uh, then we cut to Veronica and Archie in the science room. They've they've stepped off one on one to talk about this. Archie's being kind of flirty and, and forward. Um, and Veronica's like, oh, I'm helping you because I need a favor. 
I need you to help me with this investigation. Uh, Archie is like, no, you're working for Miss Cooper. That's wrong. You need to just trust Jughead. Just talk to him. And he kind of says, like, no, I'm not going to help with that. Um, so then we see Mary Andrews and Hermione Lodge in the trailer. Mary was there to surprise uh, Fred. So they have, like, a conversation about Fred. And they seem just a little awkward. Some 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 tense um, conversation there. Um, but uh, they have a small talk. I don't. We'll get into that later. Never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think uh, I think the only thing to add there is like Mary also went to the high school, so there's like some old tension as yeah. well as like current tension. Yeah, they're like all old. They know each other from high school, and yeah. And, yeah Hermione makes some comment about like, oh, this is what I get for being so mean in high school. Yeah. Um, which. <laughs> In this context, doesn't really make any sense. It's just nonsense, yeah. It's nonsense. It's like epic Riverdale moments all the time. Uh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so then we see um, uh, the process of the gem getting decorated for homecoming. Betty gets a call, and it's Polly. She's talking to her. Apparently, there's some deal that if she doesn't find anything by homecoming, she has to leave the Blossom Mansion. Yeah. Which was new information. Yeah, um, we've never heard of this deal until this episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, until the so, actual homecoming episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then there's some, some like, tension on Polly's side, and she has to get off the phone. And we see her at the mansion. That's, like, the door was, like, opening to her room. Um, Mrs. Blossom comes in and is like, hey, like, you better not... Uh, be near um, our bedroom or private living area anymore Um, that's off limits don't go over there and gives her a milkshake um yeah her daily milkshake i guess she gets a milkshake every day for the kids for the babies um it's really important when you're pregnant to have a daily milkshake Uh, (laughs) maybe it's full of prenatal vitamins i don't know (laughs) yeah that must be um so you know maybe (laughs) maybe some um kind of heavy-handed foreshadowing there but uh maybe (laughs) we see um jughead and betty uh like jughead comes into the gym yeah where betty's decorating and he's like all excited because uh Mrs. Cooper came up to him and invited he and his father to come to dinner with their family. Um, and Chuckhead has this kind of moment where he's like, he says he's scared but excited for their families to get to know each other. Uh, our next scene is Betty confronting her mom about this. So she's gone home after school or whatever, and she's confronting her mom, like, hey, why, what are you doing? Like, uh, I'm not going to play along with your games. And her mom is just kind of like, oh, it won't come up. Um, and then, uh, uh, what happens? Oh, Ar- then we see Archie going home after school, and his parents are there, Mary and Fred, and they are deciding whether they should get Chinese food or pizza. And there's like a like funny family moment where it's like, oh, Mary knows all of Fred's orders and like exactly mm-hmm. what he would get from these restaurants. Um, and Archie's like, man, this is weird. <laughs> Haven't had this in a while. And then Jughead walks in. He's still there. Don't forget about him. Um, and he's like, oh, should I go? And they're like, no. And then it just kind of cuts to Jughead and Archie talking before bed. Um, and yeah. 
they're having like it's kind of a nice scene they're they're like laying in bed chatting before they go to sleep Jughead uh is talking about how wow it's crazy that your mom and dad are back together and you know what else is crazy uh my dad is is doing better too I think I'm gonna move back in with them um he even asked me about my uh my manuscript which I wrote about uh the murder of Jason Blossom that piques uh Archie's interest and uh he keeps asking him like oh your dad was interested in this um and then just is lies he has a really funny line that he says he lies and says oh i forgot my mom likes almond milk in her coffee and we don't have any so i'm gonna go get some yeah (laughs) and just like gets up uh which you know jughead calls him on that and uh it's like you're a horrible liar you're gonna go hook up with uh veronica again well, he did say a raven-haired princess as he's, like, got his raven hair sprayed out on the pillow. <laughs> like, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Double entendre, maybe? Who knows? So so from here, I think I think we go back to Polly and Cheryl um, at the, the Blossom place. Uh, so Cheryl's doing Polly's makeup before the dance. And uh, Polly recommends that they steal some clothes from Cheryl's mother um, mm-hmm. so that she can go investigate more. There they find the ring that Jason proposed to Polly with. There's some like a tense scene where Polly tries to get it from Cheryl. Cheryl's like, hey, like, even with those those babies you've got, you're not safe. Um, and then we cut to like, I, I think I think Polly like kind of storms out. Then we cut to a scene where it's it's the dinner at the Cooper's house. FP and Jughead are there. This is like before the dance. Everybody's really dressed up. Um, Mrs. Cooper is just asking him like lots of direct questions about his involvement with the serpents and um, like Jason's disappearance and death. FP is kind of gracefully dodging everything and just giving like some some real just just quality answers you know not trying to start any drama yeah Um, some real i've been in a police investigation before answers (laughs) yeah (laughs) then uh the the doorbell rings um and betty goes and gets it and uh, her father is there he's he's all dressed up in the suit she invited him to kind of you know stir stir the pot i guess and interfere with her mother um and uh yeah so he's there um, then we cut to Archie and Veronica. They're at the trailer. They're looking for evidence. Um, and they're just kind of going through the trailer, looking for stuff. And then we cut, and it's Polly and Mrs. Blossom. So this scene was interesting. So it's Mrs. Blossom telling a story to Polly about why they have this ring that Jason was going to propose to her with, um, and how Jason renounced the Blossom name and threw the ring at his dad uh, before um you know, like he was, he left or, or tried to run away, I guess. Yeah. Um, Polly was like, oh, I thought there's a, they do a Lord of the Rings reference. And Polly goes, oh, I thought the ring had been lost. Um, yeah, and... it's very, this is not the first, this is not the only Lord of the Rings reference in this episode either. No. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, they, they don't deserve to be referencing Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they haven't earned that at all. Um, and. Weird. Yeah, so then uh, <laughs> Mrs. Blossom 
gives Polly another milkshake. <laughs> and, uh, you know, ominously pauses in the doorway before leaving. Uh, <laughs> so then we cut back to it's the it's the dinner at the Coopers again and Hal is there and he's he's causing all kinds of stuff he, he's 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 throwing jabs left and right um, I don't remember everything he said but he talks about how you're sleeping in the office and oh she threw she's been doing some redecorating she threw a brick through the window so getting some jabs in at his wife uh, then you know for some reason. Um, FP just decides to kind of join in on this and it's like, oh, let me tell a story. I'm tells, also a misogynist. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And tells a story about like, oh, I remember when we went to homecoming, I, me and Fred were going to play in the band and then I, we overheard this conversation, but then doesn't mysteriously doesn't tell the details. And, you know, then he drops it uh, because Mrs. Cooper kind of is like, you shut up and he's like well you shut up um and uh that's kind of that you know uh (laughs) betty and and jughead get the heck out of there after that and then we cut back to the blossom family mansion and polly's just passed out on the bed yeah (laughs) she got roofie she's been drugged uh the mysterious milkshake who would have thought um (laughs) so we you know we resolve that plot from the milkshake and uh uh the the blossom parents (laughs) (laughs) this whole thing with the blossoms is so fucking stupid it's so bad okay we'll we'll get into it more later into the details but yeah that's yeah um so they they kind of question cheryl uh about the location of of Mima's ring or whatever the fuck. Nana. Nana's, Nana's ring. ring. Yeah. Um, and I'm watching Batman versus Superman here. <laughs> but, yeah, like, oh, yeah, like, I flushed it. Like, I just got rid of it. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Did I do something wrong? And, uh, yeah, so they're like, no, it's that's fine. Um, uh, then our, we, we have a, a dramatic cut. Uh, back to FP's trailer, uh, where Archie and Veronica, they're still, you know, searching. They can't find anything. They have kind of a, a deep conversation about um, why Veronica wants to find something so bad. Uh, and Archie kind of gives her, like, a little sports pep talk. And they kiss. And then they get a text saying, like, hey, you need to leave. So they leave. Uh, Which, so. who's even texting them? I would like to know. Mrs. Cooper texts. Oh. <laughs> well, asked and answered. There we go. It, it's handle, handy because um, Veronica has the like. Ah, we'll, we'll get into it later. <laughs> um, so uh, our next scene is FP. He's dropping off Jughead and Betty. He's got a cool green truck. He's like, hey, you know, um, we should get the whole family back together because he's talking to Jughead one on one. And. Uh, says they should move to Toledo, where where the rest of their family is, mm-hmm. um, because they need to get out of Riverdale. Riverdale's not good to people like them. And Jughead kind of is like, whoa, what? Like, I don't know if I can leave. And he's, he's having, like, a think about it. 
play some music, um, cut to the homecoming dance. First opening shot of the dance is Fred there with the woman on each arm. Good for awesome. him, I say. <laughs> no one has ever looked more baller with a woman on each arm. Uh, yeah. What a what a what a fucking stud, Fred Andrews. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Um, he talks about how high school was the best of times, um, which made it's a little sad. <laughs> I I do like that he conveniently left out like the other half of the line. Like it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yeah. It's like purposely choosing to ignore that it was also the worst of times. Yeah. 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 It is kind of sad. <laughs> it's a little sad. Um, uh... Next scene I have, I wrote, uh, I, I wrote it down as the MILF makeup makeup scene. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's one of my next major bullet points here, but I, I wrote, Jughead asks to talk to, and then I just have nothing. So, oh, he asks to talk to Betty later. That, that's yeah. what it is. So he, Jughead comes in from talking to his dad. He's like, oh, Betty, I'll, I'll need to talk to you about something important later. Um, then Betty is like, oh, okay, yeah, definitely. And then she goes to talk to Cheryl. Uh, they talk about where Polly is. Yeah, where Polly's Cheryl, not there. Yeah, Cheryl's like, yeah, she had a sugar crash. (laughs) (laughs) She bailed. Censored version of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so then we have, yeah, the MILFs doing their makeup in the (laughs) bathroom. Um, They're just putting on the most obnoxious lipstick ever. Like, just the worst. They they already have... They already as have. much as much <laughs> lipstick as they could possibly need on, and they're just reapplying for no reason. Yeah, like um, the, I didn't. There were no gaps, but they just kept going over the same locations. Yeah, it's not like they had like taken a drink yet either, so there would be no reason right. to reapply. And it's a but, high school homecoming, so it's like you know you're not. No one cares what the forty-year-old mom's lipstick yeah. looks like. You know, no one even cares what like the sixteen-year-old's lipstick looks like. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's to be clear. That's Mary Andrews and Alice Cooper in the bathroom. Yes. They have kind of a you know some epic Riverdale sparring, the classic, and uh, they're just shooting barbs at each other. You know, uh, Alice is really trying to get under her skin. Mary is pretty unbothered and just kind of owns her in a really yeah. cool way. Um, so then we get this awesome like two second scene. Where Betty runs up and says, hey, Kev, have you seen Archie and Veronica? And Mm -hmm. Kev just kind of like moves his head, says nothing. And then Betty goes, oh, never mind. I see them. (laughs) Um, Then (laughs) really making use of all our characters here. Yeah. Kev is an important part of the story is what I've learned from that. Yeah. So uh, then then we see uh, this is kind of from Betty's perspective. We see her, she sees uh, her mom stop Archie and Veronica as they come in. They have like a conversation. And um, then she gets stopped by the mayor and the principal and gets offered an internship. And everything's like going super slow motion because she's like putting the pieces together. It's like her, like, you know, figuring out what happens. And then she goes and confronts Archie and Veronica. Um, and they are just kind of like, we got to go perform. We can't talk about this. Um, and, uh, then they do their performance. Archie sings his song about looking out of dirty old windows. Yep. And 
<laughs> we heard the supposedly the cheerful version of it, so I can't. Yeah. I want him to release that like sad country album so bad. It would be incredible. It'd be so good. Him uh, and Alan Jackson need to collab on this. Oh my God, yes. Uh, so as the song is going, we kind of have some shots of the crowd. Uh, we get a few shots of of Cheryl kind of standing there looking really depressed and and sad. Um, just not really vibing to the music. Uh, then, then we cut to uh, FP's trailer getting raided by the police. Uh, they come with a warrant, um, and I, I, they find a gun in his trailer in a locked box. Let me. Can I show you something really quick? Yes, please. This is a box that I bought two weeks ago to hold oh. my cords <laughs> for podcasting. Wow. It's an almost identical box. <laughs> it's it's literally like almost exactly the same. Oh my god! You could fit a revolver in there. It's true. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like and a small one, you know. Yeah, a small one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I felt like I was losing my mind. Um, so. <laughs> you've you've uh, accidentally copied FP, or as we'll soon find out, maybe not. Um, but yeah, so the, the police find that box. Uh, we get a scene of Fred and Mary dancing, and Mary's like, oh, you're such a player. Um, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Weird thing for your estranged wife to say to you while dancing close to a slow dance at your high school reunion slash homecoming, where you're talking well, about your son dating a new girl this weird. week. I don't think it's weird. <laughs> they, seem, they seem fine actually it was yeah just... they have a great relationship it's cute yeah um <laughs> then we see kev and joaquin joaquin says nothing um but kev is just like wow i've never you know brought a boyfriend to a dance before and then he's like actually you know i've never had a boyfriend i've only hooked up with closeted guys yeah joaquin says nothing um and then kev sees that his dad the sheriff is there and he kind of is like oh shit something's happened and walks away to go investigate. Uh, we cut to Betty, Archie, and Veronica. Betty's confronting those two in the hallway. Like, what did you do? You investigated a trailer. What did you? What do you mean? What does that mean? What did you? Why? And Jughead walks up and is like, "What the fuck?" Um, and they tell Jughead what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he kind of goes off and he he gets really shitty and mean again. Um, maybe understandably, I guess. Uh, pretty understandably, I would say. I wouldn't even say he really gets <laughs> shitty. He's just like, the fuck, guys? Yeah, you know, pretty, pretty big betrayal uh, from his friends there. Um, they broke and entered into his dad's home because they suspected <laughs> him of being a murder suspect. I think he's, like, pretty, uh, he's being pretty mm-hmm. even-handed, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we're, we're wrapping up here. They they finally find out that uh, FP was just arrested for murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jughead kind of runs off. Uh, he goes, he runs to the trailer, to FP's trailer, and just kind of trashes the place. Um, and he Which cries a bit. Is pretty trashed because they were not careful while they were investigating. Yeah, it's just been searched from a warrant, so you know it's not in the best shape anymore. But he trashes it some more. He cries. Yeah. He sits there. Um, we cut to the Coopers. 
Betty confronts her mom and is like, wow, like, you set this up. You're evil. I love Jughead more than you right now. Don't fuck with me. And kind of leaves. Then we cut to the Lodge residence where it's just them kind of sitting on a couch. It's it's, uh, Veronica and Hermione. And Hermione's like, wow, if FP confesses, we're going to, we're fucked. And they just kind of hold hands and do nothing. Um, then we go back to the Andrews house and, uh, Mary is like, you know, kind of talking to, to Archie about FP being arrested because he's kind of like shocked and surprised. Uh, and she's like, oh, it's hard for people to change. Uh, you should come live with me in Chicago or at least promise that you'll think about it. Fred, we see him on the stairs kind of overhearing this and he's a bit torn up frustrated and so I couldn't really tell what emotion he was supposed to convey um I, I felt like he was looking kind of like betrayed because I feel like yeah. she didn't talk to him about offering this to Archie like that probably should have been a conversation the three of them had yeah definitely that making sense. some complex spaces though sure. yeah yeah um then we see uh the the Blossom Mansion we get this awesome scene where Cheryl checks to see if Polly's still breathing by holding a mirror under her nose. <laughs> yeah, she's so like, old-timey Victorian. I love it. Yeah, that's like some old like spy movie shit. Like, <laughs> like she read Sherlock Holmes last week, and she's like, I gotta try that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, then we cut to uh, Cheryl. She just kind of sees her mom crying and being comforted by her father. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we feel about grief on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Uh, then Cheryl, Cheryl reveals um, kind of Lord of the Rings style that she still has the, the ring. Go figure. Um... <laughs> like opens her hand yeah, like does. fucking Bilbo right after he took it from the college. Yeah. yeah exactly um. you know the first episode we recorded we came off of watching Lord of the Rings who knew that it was going to be relevant to Riverdale <laughs> who knew that Riverdale would have their own Lord of the Rings special um, uh, so then our, our kind of final scene before things wrap up is, is uh Betty's looking for Jughead. She went to Pops, asked, hey, Pop, has Jughead been in? No, uh, is what he says. And uh, then he's like, oh, hey, check it out. Veronica and Archie are here. And Betty's like, I hate you guys. And then they're like, no, no, FP is being framed. That box wasn't there when we searched. So someone is trying to you know, frame FP and put away for good. Yeah. And that's our episode. That's the whole thing. It wasn't too bad. You know, I actually was enjoying this one, and I realized also, it was like this one and the last one, this is like later seasons Riverdale. Hmm. So I'm starting to feel better about season two. Like season (laughs) two might actually be pretty decent if, if we're already this good. You know, what? tempered this good. We're, we're this good for Riverdale already. It's not painful to watch anymore. Yeah. I they, and I feel like everything kind of flows well together, whereas a lot of the earlier episodes didn't. 
Yeah, I definitely so. agree with that. It, I, I think they figured out their, like, rapid cutting strategy of, like, having a 10 to 15 second scene and then cutting to another 10 to 15 second scene. Like, they've they've found the balance of how many of those they can do yeah. without it just being horrible to watch. I think they also figured out, like, those scenes need to be at least tangentially connected to make any kind of sense. <laughs> Good God. Um, so they've started like putting them together in more intentional ways. It feels like, yeah. like there's, there's less of the 15 second scenes. We're getting longer scenes. And then also when we do get those short scenes, they actually mean something with the exception of the, you know, <laughs> two second Kevin scene. For I, yeah oh my god <laughs> that scene... also like can we just talk about kevin first can that be our thing yes yes um, oh my god yes because then the other the only other time we see him is when he's dancing with joaquin and he's like oh by the way i've never dated any other guys before i've only hooked up with straight guys so this is all new for me you're gonna break my heart really big when you reveal that you were doing this originally <laughs> <laughs> like we're getting like like, this is going to be emotionally devastating for me when I find out that you were only dating me to get information about my father's investigation because he's the sheriff and you're part of a gang. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't break my heart. <laughs> Love being uh-huh. your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, if that's supposed to be, like, dramatic irony because we know that Joaquin is working with the Southside Serpents to investigate Kev, um, it's really heavy-handed. Like, yeah. It, and and, and we should have at least gotten a facial expression from Joaquin if that's what we were <laughs> if, if, if that's what they're going for. Or like, like one line of dialogue where yeah. he like says something and is like, I won't break your heart and then looks guilty. I'm <laughs> like, asking for three seconds where we see his face fully turned to the camera at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean anything, right? And, and I, I think that is what is like what was so funny about that first scene with Kev is that he had been essentially like a background extra in maybe one or two scenes. Like I know, I think he was at the lunch table and, and maybe yeah. he said something, but, but again, it's like, he is such a like background he's like, character. And he's like almost part of the group, but they never let him fully in the group. So yeah. he's just always kind of hanging around on the outskirts and I can't help but feel like the whole gang is homophobic because they don't actually let him be friends with them. And and you'd think that since they're they're like this group of like junior detectives, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all interested in solving this murder case and figuring out what really happened, that they would want to be close to him to get information from the sheriff. Which they were doing earlier. Yeah. Like they set up like the whole murder board with his help because he has like a photographic memory or some shit. Yeah. And and like and <laughs> yeah, that's wait, just how dropped they completely. <laughs> yeah. Did they just like did he go take a picture of that and then they copied it? Was he just like No, because this was after the murder board was destroyed. <laughs> they set up like a new one based on his memory of it, which is Oh, that's incredible. Wow. Like, that, that that kid's gotta super... go to some type of academy, you know? Yeah. He's got some big brain powers. He needs to be in fucking Minsa <laughs> or some shit. I don't know. He oh doesn't need to be at Riverdale High. No. Up straight guys. Send him to Chicago. 
Send him to the fancy school. Yeah, send him to a better school for sure. (laughs) Larger community. Like, geez. Wow. Yeah, but he's he's consistently been like just overlooked, I would say, as a character. Yeah. I mean, I would. (laughs) I would put him on the same level of background character as Cheryl, and Cheryl has definitely played a much larger role. So hello, Cheryl. To me, <laughs> I feel like he's. I guess because I know that he plays a bigger role in later seasons, he yeah. does become like a more consistent character. So knowing with that in mind, I'm mm-hmm. like he should be on the same level as Cheryl, but he's just not. But you know, if we're looking at this like fresh eyes, like you said, he really is not. He's like a third tier character. He's like he's like slightly above Ethel to me. <laughs> brutal but it's true but, but lately true. he just has nothing to do which I mean, sucks yeah. because i think earlier on he definitely while he might not have been contributing as directly to the plot he at least was speaking in more scenes and yeah and would he was be like, like around you know yeah <laughs> and he and betty used to hang out one-on-one quite a bit in the first few episodes yeah <laughs> like, i don't understand also like i saw the homecoming scene where they're like setting up for the dance and everything mm-hmm. why wasn't there was some random guy handing and there's like some random 30 year old actor playing a teenager handing betty <laughs> decorations when that should have been kevin you would think right yeah like just just give him something to do yeah um but no his 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 thing to do is to like Begin have his first background. relationship and have it go horribly wrong. I'm guessing. I mean, who knows what will happen? But they're, they're, it's not they're, looking good right now. <laughs> it's... Yeah, they're they're sending all the signals of it like ending horribly wrong because why would it be happy for him? Yeah, so. I do kind of feel bad for Joaquin too because it sounded like the last few episodes like he is kind of falling for Kevin, and he's like, oh, but he really likes me and I like being with him and. But he has like this role to play for the serpents, so mm-hmm. he's he's in a tough place as well. I mean, he's definitely the one in the wrong, but yeah. I still for him a little bit, you know. You could say that he's stuck between a snake and a hard place. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It uh, was fine. Podcast is over. But. Yeah, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know where to start, really. There's so much that's going on in this episode. Clifford Let's, wears wigs. Clifford wears wigs. Do you do you wanna do the blossom and poly stuff? Does that sound good? Or do you wanna save that for later? <laughs> Let's just jump right into that, because I feel like that's that, that there's a, a lot. Big part of it. <laughs> yeah, there's a big part of, there's a lot to cover in that, but I also feel like they laid it out so clearly that there's really not much to talk about at the same time. Yeah, it's just, it's just, what are the, what are the facts of the situation here, Why right? the fuck is Clifford wearing wigs? <laughs> That's why does he, also, the scene where he, they show his, like, wig closet, there's, like, yeah. 20 wigs in there. Why does he need so many? And they all look almost identical. And Polly asks that, too. Yeah. And, and Cheryl goes... One for each emotion. <laughs> yeah, and they all look the fucking same. <laughs> There's, like, very slight differences. Like, one of them has, like, the bangs are, like, kind of swooped up, 
and one of them the bangs are like kind of pushed to the side instead and it's like it's like you literally could do that with one wig with just like styling it differently but no but it's literally it's it's i think you should leave sketch sketch where he's like you think this is slicked back (laughs) this is pushed back (laughs) it's literally (laughs) i used to be an asshole (laughs) yeah i used to be a huge piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) baby can tell yeah Yeah, but then it's really funny because it's like set up to be this like like jump scare almost of like like you see these like creepy mannequin heads with these like wigs on them and you're like what is that and then you see i thought he was like pretending to be jason for a second and i was like why would he that doesn't even make sense like why would he be walking around pretending to be jason (laughs) yeah yeah and then and then it's like oh he's actually you know he's just you know he's graying a little bit yeah i mean he's got like a full head of gray hair but who cares he's old like yeah and like 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 Cheryl even said she's like oh he's like a silver fox like yeah he still looks young in the face and he's got gray hair like what does he care you know yeah exactly like, um, still looks really... still looks he looks better with the gray hair than he does wearing the fucking wig yeah like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and it's so weird because like I think it was barely established that Polly was there to investigate the Blossoms, and that's why she went there, right? Yeah. There was, like, a maybe a couple dialogue scenes where Betty and her discussed that. Yeah, there's there were maybe two or three dialogues, like you said, and then it wasn't even clear, like, what she was trying to find, so... Right, but she's, like, trying to be the man on the inside to, like... The woman... <laughs> you right. that. The very pregnant woman on the inside. Yes. That's actually uh, a good title which... for like a, a murder mystery book. <laughs> the very pregnant woman on the inside. How has she not given birth yet? Because she's been ready to pop for like months. I think the excuse that they're using there is that she's pregnant with twins. But it doesn't so, take longer. No, but I mean like... <laughs> The, 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 my, okay. <laughs> fucking asshole okay <laughs> i meant that when you're pregnant with a multiple birth you're going to look like you're at a later stage of the pregnancy than you are because oh. the stomach is larger <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah because i thought it was like if you put one. two pies in the oven at the same temperature it takes you twice as long to 600 <laughs> instead of 350 <laughs> done twice as quick (laughs) uh yeah okay that actually does make sense um so yeah (laughs) all right we got our heads on the street yeah (laughs) solved um yeah uh it's also what's up with the daily milkshakes too yeah (laughs) so they've just been giving her milkshakes every day and like encouraging her to drink them before it melts or goes warm or whatever. If you, if you hand me a strawberry milkshake, I'm drinking that thing. No, exactly. It's like, oh, this is just like what you do. Like you just have a strawberry milkshake every day. Cool. Yeah. If somebody brings me a strawberry. Who's like, here's your milkshake. I'm like, fuck yeah, thank you. You know, <laughs> like. Do you think you could drink a milkshake every day? Or like, at what point would you say like, mm, I don't know, I'm not really feeling it. 
To be honest, I feel like it had to be like, I feel like if it's more than like twice a week for me, it's going to be a lot. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it, it's not like it was like a small milkshake. No, I feel like maybe if it was like a smoothie, yes. I could believe that more. I, I, I drink a smoothie every day for weeks at a time. Oh, yeah. um, but it, that's just like fruit and yogurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like exactly. It's somewhat good. okay for you. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty, you know, gives but, you a lot of vitamins and minerals and shit. It's not just, you know, sugar yeah, and ice cream. Just like fat and milk and sugar. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I could see a situation where you would like, like need that. Like, maybe she's underweight for twins, you know? Sure, but, you know, I don't think it would be... It's not the best. Just like a Pops milkshake. Yeah, well, here's your Pops milkshake, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, There's no protein we had, uh, we had the, the driver go and pick you up a milkshake. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> but, but they, okay, so they've been doing this daily... Just on the off chance, they might have to drug her so that she wouldn't suspect anything and would just, like, drink the milkshake like a dog when you give them a (laughs) milkshake. They they probably (laughs) her, yes. They literally did. Because, like, if someone is just, like, drink your milkshake, and I'm, like, essentially, like, like, you're in this situation as Polly, right? And you're, like, there to investigate. Yeah. First of all, yeah. Creepy family and their weird mansion, and they are, like being very threatening and mysterious and they and wear wigs they wear wigs <laughs> like <laughs> like wh- why are you just gulping down every milkshake they put in front of you yeah she like immediately drinks it too like no has yeah. it, it's not like oh i wasn't really feeling this right now yeah. like i haven't had lunch yet drink your milkshake <laughs> <laughs> you got it <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mmm, so good. I've been waiting for this, yeah. It's so weird. It's also the first time we've seen the Daily Milkshake come up. This is another one where it should have introduced this, like, three episodes ago. And then had it, like... If they had it last episode, I would take it. Because that's better than any any foreshadowing that they've done. It's true. (laughs) Things are introduced and then resolved in the same episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's rough for sure. Um, have you seen? Uh, there's an interview with the hobbits from Lord of the Rings, where the guy that plays Mary was interviewing. I forget their the actor names. I'm sorry. The guy that plays Mary is interviewing the guy that plays Frodo. I think I have seen that one, yeah. The, the one, do you wear wigs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will you wear wigs? Yeah. <laughs> Will you wear wigs? That's all I can think of. Is, especially with all the Lord of the Rings uh, references in this episode. Yes. Um, speaking of references, there's yes. one with the, the scene with Polly and Cheryl, right? When they first find the ring. Because <laughs> they're... She, like, opens, like, the little jewelry box. Yeah. First, okay, the whole, the setup of the Blossom Closet, it's set up like a department store. So yeah. she has, like, a weird table in the middle of this closet. 
And uh, presumably there's some drawers and stuff inside of it. We don't really see any of that. But on top of it, there's all these little tiny fancy jewelry boxes mm-hmm. that hold like one, you know, like one single necklace or one single bracelet or one single ring. So Cheryl's like going along and opening all these up and finds the one, like a little goblin in her own home. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's just like, looking at every ring box and every, just everything. Yeah. Just going, she's like, mm, mm, my turn to look at all the <laughs> cracks and crevices of the manor. And she opens up the ring that has Nana's wedding ring in it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, and holds it up in front of her, like, golem. Yeah. <laughs> and then Polly immediately goes berserk. And What's she's that? like, what did you find? What's that? Like, that can't be here. That I thought it was lost. <laughs> you know, centuries ago in the river, you know, all this is like, yeah. Uh, and and Cheryl literally yeah. calls her Gollum. <laughs> yeah, she says, uh, hands off, Gollum. Because <laughs> <laughs> Polly starts like grabbing for it. Yeah. Like, like very reminiscent. Times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very reminiscent to the scene where Gollum takes the ring from his, well, Smeagol at that point takes the ring from his friend mm-hmm. uh, in the river. Um, but unfortunately for Polly, uh, Smeagol was not eight months pregnant <laughs> with twins. <laughs> <laughs> so she has quite the physical disadvantage over Cheryl. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, this is where Cheryl's like, just because you're pregnant doesn't mean you're safe. Mm-hmm. Ominous. Which, like, five minutes ago, she had said, like, oh, I'm so glad we're friends. Yeah. And now she's to, like, I'll fucking kill you. To <laughs> so. me, this scene was, like, Cheryl warning Polly. Um, and yeah, being like... parents. Yeah, like you can't have this. If they find you with this, you're not safe. Yeah. So, so it was, it was Cheryl's being an asshole for sure. Yeah, I mean Cheryl's um, being Cheryl. Yeah, but at the same time, I was like, oh, okay, so she's, you know, she's trying to look out for her in the way that, you know, she knows how to, which is to to keep her from from being found with this this ring. Yeah, to literally bite it off of her finger and toss it into <laughs> a, a mountain of lava. Yeah. <laughs> this Um, is for your own good yeah yeah so you know that's that's the the blossoms i think there really isn't a whole lot more um we get that like crazy fake story from mrs blossom jason throwing the ring in his dad's face being like i don't want to be a part of this family anymore and uh and then she like I think she had the actor or the actress who plays Mrs. Blossom does a good job looking like she's like really crying. Like she, she looks pretty genuine here, but um, the story is fake as hell. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. It's super fake. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It And Polly kind of seemed like she just like ate it up and was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Polly's used to being brainwashed by mothers. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's a very familiar ground for her. Um, and then I guess the only one, the other one is at the end where, uh, like, after FP has been arrested, and we get the scene in the Blossom Manor again, Thornhill Manor, and, mm-hmm. 
like when Mrs. Blossom is like crying and leaning on Mr. Blossom, she goes, I want him dead. He killed yeah. boy. <laughs> I want him dead. I want him dead. <laughs> Which is kind of awesome. Uh, like, it was finally, very intense. It's drama, you know? Yeah. And then Mr. Blossom's like, I'll take care of it. Or he will be or something like that. Yeah, so, he's like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I'm going to keep FP in prison. And then that's when we get Cheryl like revealing yeah, in her opening little hand. Her, opening her palm. The ring is there. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, which I, I don't... I don't know. Um, There's just so many. The way that that was shot with the hand opening looked exactly like, like the shot that they did in Lord of the Rings. The oh yeah. Sh- you know, like. And with the title, like it's very intentional. Like. Oh yeah, they they know what they're doing here. Yeah, it's bad, and it's it's like corny. It, it's all right. It's it is corny. It like this laugh. is the episode they chose to do Lord of the Rings and Hobbit references. Yeah. We couldn't have anything like I won't I won't do any spoilers, but there's some stuff coming up that would fit much better for Lord of the Rings references, and they chose this one. So, well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, this is this is where we get here. Yeah. Should we um, talk about divorce next? Sure. Yeah. Um. Mary Andrews. We finally learn her name this episode. We've known her name for a couple episodes, actually. Oh. This is like the third time we've known her name. <laughs> well, I finally remember her name is Mary this episode. Yeah. And to be fair, I only remembered because Fred is married to Mary. so <laughs> Her name should be Divorce Andrews. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't know. She seems all right. <laughs> That's all I really have to say about her, honestly. It's like, yeah, cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, she seems fine. Her lipstick color is better this episode than it was last episode, so. Still not great. It's, you know, it's not, but it is a significant improvement, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I... I it's it kind of feels like she and Fred have been divorced for years and they're just like very friendly with each other. Yeah, definitely they, gives off that vibe. Which is nice. I, I I like that dynamic for them. I like that we're not getting them like pissed off at each other or anything like that. They just they seem to have a very like well, it just wasn't working kind of feeling towards it. Like mm-hmm. no feelings. Yeah. However, the, like, family scene in the kitchen where they're, like, deciding where to eat, mm-hmm. so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about that made you uncomfortable? Because I felt like they were, like, almost arguing. It was like, Archie, okay, Archie's home, okay. Pizza or Chinese? Fucking pick one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have that read, but I can see how how that... Just because the way I saw it it was more like to demonstrate that like mary knows fred very well because she was like predicting what he would order from each place yeah that's um, true so so that's kind of how i took it of like haha you're still getting the same order from the chinese place haha you're still getting the same pizza order yeah um 
I, I think I've gotten too used to the Riverdale drama and I was expecting her to be more like Alice where it was like, oh, you're still getting the same order from the same place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me guess. Oh, you're getting the fucking vegetable rolls again? Those suck. I hate those. <laughs> it never changed, Fred. <laughs> never will. <laughs> you know, I was expecting like some real, <laughs> some real nasty shit. Um, yeah, the, the Andrews are... With Riverdale, it's like, <laughs> I, we haven't seen, like, one good family relationship, I feel like, between parents. Anyway. Yeah, they're, they're pretty wholesome, surprisingly. Yeah. Especially, they, they kind of made it out to seem like things were bad. Um, but they don't, they don't seem all bad, at least right now. No, they don't seem, like, resentful of each other or anything. And she's even joking around, like, Mary's even joking around, like, oh, it's like Fred's a player, and, you know, of course he's got another date, and that doesn't bother me. And, yeah, know. and then that conversation with, um, with uh, Alice. Yeah, with Alice Cooper, where she's like kind of bullying her in the bathroom. She's like, oh, you, you have done the same stuff since middle school, and it was old then. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, she is just a middle school bully. And, yeah. like, I don't know. It, it's just like, okay, yeah. So Mary seems to be like a well-adjusted adult. So. And she also seems like, she's like, yeah, I found like a hot lady working in my ex-husband's trailer. Mm-hmm. Like she's probably great at what she does because Fred's no idiot, but also like there's no way he didn't hit that. You know what I mean? She's like, I know my husband, mm-hmm. her ex-husband. Um and and weren't, wasn't there like a, a whole thing? They all went to high school together, and yeah. Fred Fred dated Hermione Lodge in high school, so it's I like I think he had like one date with her, but yeah, like like he yeah. he was into her when they were in high school. She's back in town now. It's right. not unreasonable to think that they would you know get together. But, yeah, but yeah, she's like completely unbothered by it, which is I really like that. I feel like that's very refreshing because she hasn't been around like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they are obviously heading towards a divorce. So they're already acting like they've been divorced. Can can we talk about also with Mary, though, the conversation she has with Archie where she's like, oh, your dad's been telling me all this stuff about you. It's like mm-hmm. the, the writer's way of making up for the fact that we have not heard about her. Like she was basically <laughs> dead until three episodes ago. That, that Archie has never had a conversation updating his mom on his life. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen him like call her or be like, oh, my mom's calling, guys. I got to I got to dip yeah. like nothing. I got to tell my mom about my, my week this Friday. Yeah, <laughs> I got to, you know, sorry, yeah. guys, I got to cut this short. My weekly phone call with my mother is <laughs> yeah. cutting in on my time here. You know, yeah, it was a it was a clever lampshade, I think, because I I didn't really question it. Um, which maybe I'm just turning my brain off more and and trying to enjoy <laughs> watching these. But I was like, ah, whatever. Like, I, I think what really sold that working for me is that Mary is like, she's essentially still not a character. Um, she's kind of there as like extra set dressing for like the internal drama for Archie yeah but there's so much other stuff happening especially this late in the season around the central plot which has been ignored throughout the entire season 
that I don't really care that Mary's Yeah, you can just shoe shoehorn her in. It, yeah, it, it, honestly, this is the time to do it. Yeah. So. And, and it's like I'm I'm kind of focused on like the main mystery right now because <laughs> it's actually getting like interesting. Well, it's, it's not even really getting interesting. I, I think it's just still the focus, <laughs> which I yeah. like. I'm, I'm glad that they are, you know, putting the magnifying well, glass back over. It feels like a story. <laughs> that's yes. that's what I'm coming by. If it's like things are coming together, the plot is moving forward in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Stuff that we already know is coming back into play. Like it feels like an actual story, which the rest of the season so far, other than last episode, really hasn't. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's just um. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that's why they called this one to Riverdale and back again because they were like, "Hey guys, I read a book." <laughs> I, I figured guys, have you out. Read this thing, yeah, it's called the literature. <laughs> There's this thing called the hero's journey that we're supposed to be taking these characters on. So, so we should have been following a plot. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so, but no, I, I'm clowning on the writers aside. I mean, I a still, lot of them have like pr- a pretty good amount of experience, so they should know what they're doing. It's just a weird. It's been weird and jumbled so far. Um, yeah, it definitely has. Um, but I, I think I'm still gonna complain a little bit because. Oh yeah. I mean, it's version, not like. Sorry. The, the version of the plot that is happening in this episode, I would say like. 85, 90% of it are characters referencing things that happened in the past to explain why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. And then moving the plot forward is maybe 5% of the episode where, oh my God, someone planted a gun in FP's trailer to frame him. That's the only new thing. That, like, like, other than, like, you know, some side story, there's homecoming. Yeah. Archie performs like it's important to have that yeah like flush out the characters right but there is so little like new information for the mystery happening yeah for the who killed Jason Blossom mystery and and 85% of who killed Jason Blossom is just like oh let me rehash all the stuff that we've been rehashing every episode since like episode four when we knew the majority of the mystery of what happened with Jason Blossom Yep. And and since that point, it's just been the characters saying what we already know. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And then almost nothing happens and they get one new little fact. And then they, the next episode, they go through it all again. This is what we know. This is what we've been doing. This like, oh. And, and then now, they forgot that Kevin has a photographic memory. So he's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just really frustrating because it's like. I, like it's it's it just sucks to hear it be like, oh, what if FP's guilty? What if what if oh what if what if the stuff that are, we already had revealed to us? What if and I'm like this isn't new. Why are they like? Uh. To be fair, they did tell us outright through Jughead that this is not a whodunit. It's a question of people. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It's a question. <laughs> is is Riverdale good? What is the nature? not good versus evil <laughs> and his dad's like well probably 50 50 but you know <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> Probably somewhere in the middle. Like most most things are not strictly good or strictly evil. <laughs> this isn't a story. Like, I don't know if you know. Good advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, this isn't for babies, so. <laughs> Riverdale is for babies, though. Like this, this, like I enjoyed watching it. Mystery. Yeah. I enjoyed watching. It's just bad. It's really bad. To be fair, you know, you remember like really early, I think it might have been the first episode mm. where um, Veronica says that she's in cold blood. And like she's she's in in cold blood. <laughs> I started reading that book. It's really fucking good. Yeah. And it's, it's like a really good murder mystery of a small town. So mm. yeah, this is in cold blood for babies. This one is. <laughs> Um, yeah so. i mean i think <laughs> yeah so, i mean if you're a listener and you like this but you want something with more maturity and um themes and characters <laughs> and story that elements that are cohesive and form a narrative read in cold blood um, or there's a movie based on it as well. I haven't seen the movie, so I, I won't fully recommend that. But um, probably if it's based on the book, it's probably pretty decent because the book is excellent. So yeah, I'll definitely have to read that um, because it's like I I don't know like <laughs> like I can watch this and it's like entertaining. Yeah. But outside of that, it's like it's nothing. It's just the entire thing is just fluff. Um, yeah. I mean, if you were here for like, I really like, I want to see a murder mystery show where the teens solve it. That's not really what you're getting at all. This yeah. is, I don't, I don't even know but, how to describe this. This is like a high school drama. And And that's what I don't get is like, what? What is the point of this show? Because it's like drenched in these like detective and murder mystery and like all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of these these ideas of a plot. And like that's what's happening. But that's not what the show is about. Here here's <laughs> so my theory. Knowing that the main writer was a writer on Glee, you know? Okay. He said, what if Glee was a more straight high school and a murder happened in that town? So it's Glee if it was straight with a murder. Mm. What if we, he's like, what if we put the Glee characters into different clothes and call them by different names <laughs> and give them different lives and histories yeah. and just and less singing and throw them into this high school where a murder has happened and just watch what happens. Yeah. That's that's what this feels like to me. And I've only watched a couple episodes of Glee, but um, I can say firmly that this has the exact same energy as Glee. <laughs> the only advantage that Glee has over this is that there are more gay characters and they have actual dialogue. I also think that, like, that that is just a show that is made. I've I've never seen Glee, which is crazy to say. You got maybe that'll be like our between season one, season two thing. We'll watch it. Glee. Glee, yeah. yeah. 
but but it's just like that to me like it's in the title of the show it's glee it's just supposed to be a fun show yeah riverdale is like well and glee is purposely like it's an it's a high school with a you know music club and and that's that's all the drama is a high school with a music club that's a fun premise this this show isn't fun yeah this this show is like a, a a dark gritty like school like some of the beginning episodes where archie being like statutory raped by his teacher and well, like, that's not dark that's not dark <laughs> they, they they got her out of school with no punishment or criminal record whatsoever yeah. so she can just move on to the next just high school run her out of town yeah just <laughs> they didn't even really run her out of town but <laughs> yeah but uh, but it's like there's that there's like alcoholism there's like abuse there's like all this shit happening like depression like that one guy like ethel's dad like kills himself yeah jughead is constantly talking about suicide yeah if there was a single guidance counselor in the school he would never not be in that office but like what is the point of like why would you make this and and like like the archie comics like weren't those like fun comics about like kids in high school being detectives those i would say were pretty similar it was like a mashup between kind of like the glee premise and like the hardy boys exactly you know it's like it's like they're fun high school kids most of the time and then every once in a while they'll put on their detective hats and go do a thing you know yeah And, and it's just like this isn't either of those and and it's it's a it's its own shitty thing and i really don't like it and i don't think it's like worth watching don't watch this. it's it's poorly conceived um yeah it's it's poorly conceived and poorly um poorly achieved as well <laughs> like, <laughs> and they started with a bad premise and they did not really and, get and like who work. is watching this that, like that's my other thing it's like who is out there going like yeah riverdale is my show and i i get that you that's you it's me (laughs) but but i'm like you are also like enjoy a lot of like i like trash tv sure and i I enjoy this because it's like um i don't enjoy it because i think it's like good television you know what i mean sure i i enjoy like true crime and horror and this is like the worst version of that so it's funny to me um (laughs) okay but i mean like people who are like sincerely enjoying it i don't know why they're watching because you are watching this as like a form of self-punishment and like satire because it's like this sucks and it's funny yes i I eat popcorn while i watch it and and yeah yeah like like it's just like a like it's like an ironic like watch to like <laughs> let's watch some Riverdale that what it's is the definition of a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah, and, and like I get that because I've got guilty pleasures. Like I do that, yeah. but not with this. And and I'm curious like I think the illness that has infected the audience who enjoys this <laughs> not like sincerely. Yeah, uh, is heterosexuality. Because the only people I've ever met or heard talk about it online who enjoy Riverdale sincerely are all straight. No offense to the straights, <laughs> do the thing, but 
if you think this is good television, I need you to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> schedule a visit that's all i'm asking there's better stuff out there this is the same audience that loves friends mm, I, I mean and again i do love friends but i love it in the same way i love riverdale where i have it on the background and i'm doing other stuff and i'm like what's going on over there oh okay do you, you think know. it's do you think it's like like the same like people who are like yeah i've seen like the office like six times no, but it's that people it's those people who also have a bunch of office memorabilia. Like they not they haven't just seen it six times. They have like merch of the office. Oh, they've got the like the like t shirt or the they've got the heads. like the, the stapler or whatever. I don't I don't yeah. I can't really make office references. It's been a while since I've seen that show. Oh <laughs> one of my former coworkers, but one of my someone I used to work with um had a bunch of office memorabilia on his desk at his office. Mm. Um, it's that it's that like level of enthusiasm for a pretty mediocre show. I guess but but that I guess is is my like if I'm like drilling down into this right like i've met people who really love the office i've met people who really like friends who yeah. are super into glee i've i've met all of those people and like that's their interest i've never met someone who if we start talking about tv or something they mention riverdale and, and watching riverdale and that being their thing like is there is there seriously an audience for this I think the reason people don't mention it, unless, like, if I mention it, so mm-hmm. I've, like, everyone will mention it. Kind yeah. of similar with Supernatural, where no one wants to say, oh, my favorite shows. You know, if you're, like, talking your favorite shows, no one's going to be like, oh, I watched all 15 seasons of Supernatural. Yeah. But if someone else is like, oh, I mean, it's kind of not great, but I've, you know, I've seen it before. and it, You might like it. I don't know. Try, try it out. Supernatural. They're going to be like, oh, I fucking love that show. Mm. You know, I feel like it's the same. There's like a sense of shame <laughs> <laughs> about it. Even even for like the major fans, you think it's like a I'm not gonna talk about this in public. I think so, but I think for so I think for Supernatural, it's because it's pretty cringe. I think Riverdale is pretty cringe. I mean, obviously, but, but I would say like like cringe in a way where it's like 14 girls. Yeah, sure, but so I think. For a lot of people who are like, oh, I like that, people are going to be like, oh, that's for, like, teen girls. You shouldn't like that. You're an adult. <laughs> yeah. In its heyday, though, like, Supernatural, I think, earlier on in the early seasons, it was, like, a topic of discussion. Like, people knew yeah. about it, and they talked about it, and, like... <laughs> like, the, like, I don't want to get too deep into Supernatural lore here, but, like, first four or five seasons, like, so the first three seasons before Castiel is introduced the angel um it was mostly popular with an audience of men and like Mm -hmm. their their audience is like 18 to like 35 40 year old men mainly as soon as castiel's introduced so season like four and five that started to switch to being mostly like like teen to young adults women Mm mm-hmm that 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 number in their audience got larger because like shipping started and stuff like that and so people were like shipping mostly people were shipping like Dean and Cass but people were also shipping Cass with other characters like 
Cass and Sam was a big ship at that time. Um, so when they when they made the switch, like before Castiel was introduced, people would talk about it because it was like for guys. It was like a guy, you know, yeah, tough go like for monster men. Monster Hunter show. Yeah, like yeah, cool show. And then and then like shippers came in, and people were like, oh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, I like Supernatural, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. They mm. did maintain their audience of, like, 18 to 35-year-olds. Like, one of the biggest audiences for Supernatural is, like, people in the military. Sure. Um, but those are, like, the two competing audiences is, like, military guys and preteens. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, if you're, like, a military guy so, that watches Supernatural, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I fucking love Supernatural. Because your, like, 13-year-old niece also watches Supernatural and has, like, a bunch of fan art that she's bought of, like, all the characters kissing. And you're like, I can't I can't be associated with that. So, that, if it, Riverdale is an answer to fill the, the market gaps that Supernatural created, right? I, I feel Fred like Fredell's audience would be army wives and like I don't know like preteen boys <laughs> not even I feel like honestly well because also like when, when Riverdale came out Supernatural was still on yeah so I don't think it's really filling a gap I think I think the difference is that Riverdale is jumping in to the like next generation of preteens not even that. I think I think I think Riverdale is jumping whereas like Supernatural had three seasons where they're like, We're a serious show. Riverdale's jumping in and season four and is like, We're a show that is kind of serious and also kind of silly and also for shippers. Mm. Which is, is for shippers? Is the shipping community big in Riverdale? Massive, my man. Massive. Wow. You haven't you haven't you haven't tied. You I haven't experienced the highs and lows of <laughs> high school football. You I haven't, haven't been, dipped a toe been, into the the shipping scene. <laughs> you haven't dipped a toe into the uh, to be fair, rapidly declining uh, Tumblr community for Riverdale stuff. It is like ninety eight percent shipping. I'm not gonna lie to you. Hmm. Um, and I imagine it's less shipping now than it was when the show was still on especially in the early seasons yeah because i mean there's just like as someone who watches a lot of shows and has been a part of like the fandom community um for a lot of shows there's so much shipping bait in riverdale like <laughs> <laughs> like the thing i pointed out with like it was like i was like that's going in amv with like jughead being like oh his raven-haired princess yeah. Like there's there's so much stuff to me that as someone who like I haven't made any AMVs myself because I am untalented at video arts, but um, if I was talented at video arts, I would have made a shitload of them, and I've watched a lot of them, and I can just like pick out pieces that are like okay, well this would go in that, and this would you know what I mean? Like I'm seeing all the shipping connections, mm. <laughs> all the shipping routes, you might say. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. So you're picking up on all, all these little crumbs that they've left for their audience. Yes. And I think I think they are intentionally leaving these crumbs because, like I said, the writer, like the main writer is experienced in Glee mm-hmm. and Glee famously because it's a high school drama show about like a music club. Kind of the main drama is like who's dating who. Sure. 
So they're purposely in Glee, they purposely sprinkle in all that stuff where it's like, oh, but they glanced at each other. Is there something going on? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very, <laughs> oh, they each other's gaze for more than five seconds. There's got to yeah. be something, you know. So I, those kinds of little like drama things, that, like relationship drama things, I think are very intentionally placed in here. Now, obviously, as, I, as a Georgie shipper, you know, I don't really care. I, but uh, I'm, I'm like pointing out all the Darcy stuff because that's like a that's that's one of the few relationships that doesn't get a lot of it. So mm-hmm. for our Darcy shippers, I'm pointing out all of it for you because um, we, <laughs> we get a lot of Varchi, we get a lot of Bughead, we even get some Barchi. How is it a ship? Don't aren't they like canonically into each other? How is that a ship? Well, see, that's a canon ship. Okay, so it, it it's just like oh yeah, I like the way it turned out on TV. Yeah, or <laughs> it's, 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 those are the ones who won. You know, if you have a canon ship, because maybe uh-huh. maybe you liked them before they got together, you know, or uh-huh. or you saw them like interact. Because a lot of these characters will like get together and then break up and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and you'll be like, even when they weren't together, I was a Varchi <laughs> shipper <laughs> through, through, you know? Like, yeah, okay. So, it's kind of that. And, and then at the end, you get to be like, I won! It, <laughs> I got the cannon ship, I did it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, still technically shipping, it's just a little different from, like, the non-canon stuff. Mm-hmm. I see. But... But yeah, I think they're intentionally leaving those crumbs. I think it is intentionally meant to be um, not necessarily like pro-shipping, but the other thing is like why why you as a showrunner would want to put that stuff in there is because it gets a lot more audience engagement. So if everyone's talking like, oh, Archie and Betty or Archie and Veronica kissed in this episode, people are going to tune in next week to be like, oh, what happened with that? You know? Mm. Even if yeah. they're not super invested in the main storyline, they're going to be like, oh, I, I stopped watching because they weren't together and I like them together. But are they back together? Maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> you know? See, for me, it's like I stopped watching because the, the, the show sucked. <laughs> uh, see, I think I think also. <laughs> so, so it's also the reason I suspect that it's um, trying to really, really get that shipping audience is that. um when you're a shipper, that's the only thing you're watching for. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not really watching for the main plot. You're like, okay, at 11.52 in episode whatever. Yeah, there was a cool character moment, and it's like, oh, this is how Archie would act in this scenario. And, and now like, I can... I'm going to gift this and put this on my blog so that everyone knows, you know. Yeah. Mm. Which, to be clear also, to anyone who's a shipper, I'm pro shipping. I have shipped quite a few characters. I'm not like oh, trying yeah. to hate I, the shipping community. I'm, or I'm anything not trying else. to be anti-shipper. I apologize. Uh, it's just a ways. different way of like watching the show. Yeah, I'm just trying or to understand um, yeah. because it's it's not something I've ever like really participated in at all. And I also like I don't know. It's it's not how I consume media. I would say and and. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just here to learn, you know. But yeah, we're we're not trying to um 
like be rude to shippers um at all so yeah it's, it's your, your show sucks interact with media um <laughs> we're, we're trying to figure out like why people watch the show in general other yeah. than for sarcastic reasons or for a a podcast or you know yeah, ship- i mean riverdale was big when it came out oh yeah it was big it was like it was like a, a big people were like really into it people were like oh i can't wait for the next seat like i remember when this came out people watching it and being really into it yeah and and i think i watched a few episodes like around that time and was like oh, that was not for me yeah um this might I, I mean, be a good time um to talk about some of the shows that uh riverdale has been compared to so like yeah. you know i've been like going through some of the old forums and stuff like that to find <laughs> what people thought of characters and how they felt about things mm-hmm. um but so so one of the i i took i took notes because it, it didn't happen very often, but every so every once in a while, um, someone would be like, oh, this is just like this show that I really liked. And so, you know, that's that's why how I got into Riverdale. So some of the shows that they listed, <laughs> some of them were pretty funny because I was like, how is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how, how is this connected? Um, yeah. Uh, so, so one of them was One Tree Hill. Okay. I can see that. It makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Um, Pretty Little Liars. Yep. All of Cheryl's stuff. Yeah, very, very much Cheryl. Very, very much Veronica as well. Yeah, honestly, yeah. uh, Once Upon a Time. I've never seen that. It is. I've seen it. I love it. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Worse than Riverdale. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> in a different way though like the plot i would say is better the character development is a little better the costuming lighting and character makeup is way worse so it's like it's like a low budget fantasy show basically okay. um there's one guy who's just painted gold the whole time whoa yeah, it's not it's not good. He likes because he's like you know he's like running around and doing things too, and so he's like sweating yeah. his gold makeup off the whole time. Oh boy! <laughs> and you can tell the sections where it's reapplied because it's like a different tone. <laughs> it's just not. Um, again, it's a low budget fantasy show. You're gonna get what you what you get out of it. I I enjoyed it a lot, and I think the plot was pretty good, but it's. Uh, it's something. It's something, that's for sure. I And I don't really see how it fits with Riverdale, to be honest. Like, there's some drama in there. Um, mm-hmm. But Riverdale is very much set in reality at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for season one, we're very, very strongly in the real world. Um, another one that was mentioned was uh, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, God, that show was bad. Really bad. I saw that one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I can see why they would compare it to 13 Reasons Why. I Stylistically similar, I would say. Oh, definitely. Uh, and then the other one that was mentioned was Mulholland Drive. I don't know that show. I have never seen it or heard of it. I was wondering if you had. No. But 
I'm assuming that that one's more similar to One Tree Hill and Pretty Little Liar. Could be. But, but yeah, like, so like this, this is my short list. Like I said, (laughs) but um, that's like the short list of things that Riverdale, like other shows that Riverdale's compared to. And to me, it's like, you know, I've seen Once Upon a Time. We've both seen 13 Reasons Why. But the rest of these, I would say, are probably more similar. Like One Tree Hill and Pretty Little Liars are definitely more similar to Riverdale season one. And neither of us has seen that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we've heard of it. It was like a big show when it came out. It's very dramatic. But it's not something we've seen. <laughs> Um, do we want to talk a little bit about, like, the Coopers? Yeah, yeah, we can definitely bring it back to our episode. Um, what do you want to lead with? I really want to lead with Hal. <laughs> Hal, Hal at the dinner being like, my wife's a bitch. She <laughs> <laughs> threw a brick through the window of the business we own together. Um, yeah. And then he like asks if uh if FP has any openings at the trailer park and he's like, Yeah, it'd probably be more comfortable than my office. Just being like real shitty. Yeah, I mean he's a real piece of work. <laughs> I love that he came in too, and like immediately Alice looks upset and he goes like he like whispers to Betty, he's like, I thought she, you said that she wanted me here. <laughs> <laughs> so like just so he goes from like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be here to like be reasonable and try to make things right, yeah. to like instantly the first few things he says when he gets to the table are like, I'm gonna start a fucking fight here and like my wife sucks. It's like, oh, a nice meat pie, Alice. Fucking tastes like <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, really glad I'm not sticking around for the peach pie because I fucking hate your cooking. <laughs> Suck the desserts. Like, it's just it's being such a douchebag. Yeah. And then FP, like, jumping in with it. Also, like, he goes, like, at our homecoming, like, 30 years ago, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why do you remember a fight that you kind of, like, half overheard from 30 years ago? I remember ago? I heard you two fighting at homecoming once. Okay. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, they both seem like huge assholes. I feel like everyone's heard them fighting at every social <laughs> they've ever been to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it was just, I don't know. I Alice Cooper was back on her, her bullshit this episode of, like, there were, like, the two or three episodes where she was like, oh, now I'm nice. And yeah. now she's just instantly back to being like, no, I'm evil and I'm plotting. <laughs> evil journalists, yeah. Yeah. And and no it's like there at all. But... No, no, we're not gonna read into that. <laughs> I mean, I, to be fair, I don't think that the writers had any intentions with that whatsoever. So there's no there's no. actually no implications. No, but th- that's how I feel about the majority of the like decisions that they make in terms of like character choices or or plot or anything that happens it's just like oh that'd be kind of cool you know 
yeah and, and that's about the level of thought that i think goes into it of like oh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting if this happened and i am it, picturing them like sitting around like a board table and someone's like what if alice cooper was an evil journalist <laughs> yeah I, I think that probably is accurate it's just uh yeah. <laughs> i'm picturing like a, a big a big whiteboard Yes. Uh, in the writer's room with just like epic lines and like some like oh, just generic things like not even assigned to each character but just like every day they'll come up with like an own or like something cool to say and like write it down and then eventually they'll like get through them all and like <laughs> everyone will have like a cool line to say it's it's that meme where he's like there's only one thing worse than a child (laughs) and he goes a child (laughs) it's it's that um i don't i don't remember what the meme is but you know i know what you mean but i can't remember um i think it's uh there's only one thing worse than a murderer and then he like reveals it and it says like child murderer (laughs) child (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's the writer's room at riverdale that's at least our imagining of it yeah i i don't know i i think i've (laughs) i've given up on 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 um like doing like like trying to analyze the characters especially if like they are just like like alice cooper like the parents or like kevin or anybody who's not like one of the main four characters yeah they do what they need to do in the scene to make plot happen yeah and and that's it and and like i guarantee you like kevin's character card is um gay sheriff's son that's it <laughs> yeah you know like he, hooks so up by the river. characters have like no that's his they're very <laughs> surface level yeah it it's really uh, uh it's just it's how it is i don't i don't know what else to say about it other than other than that um yeah but give, given our discussion of like the, like you mentioned, the writer being the glee, right? And like, like why the show is made and, and the audience it's being made for, you know, it makes sense. Like, it's it's just supposed to be a cool, fun show. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're trying to deep themes, right? Deep-ish. Yeah, they're not. I feel like they're not even really trying to get too deep. You know, okay. I feel I feel like it's like oh, they're like the teens are kind of into true crime right now, so we'll do like a murder mystery show that'll yeah, hopefully but... look like teens <laughs> to thirty year olds. But then on this murder mystery show, they tackled like misogyny and uh, like athletes being given preferential treatment and like whatever is on the headlines and on twitter at the moment you know whatever's trending <laughs> on twitter at the no moment. no but exactly it, it's like they're they're like trying to do all this like big stuff but in a very surface level meaningless way without really saying anything about it yeah <laughs> to me a lot of the episodes like that where it's like they're handling some like big issue it mm-hmm. feels like if, it feels like an after-school special where it's like, hey, kids, is one of your friends being bullied? Yeah. We don't like that. Here's how you could handle that. 
<laughs> like, it's just very, um... Is your friend homeless and living in a movie theater? <laughs> you like, should invite him to live at your house. <laughs> problem solved. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> does your friend's dad have a drinking problem? Call him out. <laughs> ask him to change for you and your family tell him to think about his con the consequences of his choices (laughs) like my cat has to do for interrupting (laughs) (laughs) he's never had a thought in his life it's true theo has a simple life Yeah, I was kind of, I don't know, I was kind of glad to see Hal again, because I felt like we haven't seen him in a while, and I didn't know if he was going to be, like, back this season. Yeah. Um, and again, this is another one where if he's not in the picture, nobody's talking to him. So Betty's not, like, text, like, like texting and being like, Dad, do you need me to, like, bring you some clothes? I don't <laughs> understand your fucking this, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, just another, you know, he's there when he needs to be to... to the writers the were like, wasn't there another guy? <laughs> Fuck, Hal, Hal Cooper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, I'm going to look through my notes really quick, because I, I think I've said most of the points that I wanted to cover, but I might be missing one or two here. Yeah, I think the only thing is, like, FP offering for them to go somewhere else like go to toledo oh yeah yeah oh yeah i do want to talk about that and i do want to mention um jughead's betrayal as well and the way that he talks to his friends afterwards yeah i liked the scene with fp and jughead in the car in the truck that was really sweet i thought yeah Um, did you notice, like, after he, like, reaches out and, like, grabs Jughead, like, kind of by the shoulder, like, by the neck and gives him, like, a little rub, like, a yeah. little, little dad fatherly rub there? Yeah. That, that was, like, a really good acting moment, I felt like. Oh, yeah, they have they have some good chemistry in the scene in the truck, and um, it's just really sweet. Like, it's it's nice, too, um, um, when FP is at the, the dinner with Jughead, too, like... The way he is is being so nice and gracefully dodging around uh, Miss Cooper's questions and and just like yeah. trying to be there for his son. Yeah, because um, he knows this is important to Jughead. Yeah, and and seeing that moment and, and having it followed up by him dropping his son off at homecoming, like that, that it's big and and it it yeah. felt meaningful and um. That was just a great, a great scene. Um, I feel like he's learning a lot from Fred too, because that felt like something Fred would do with Archie, is like yeah. drop his son off at at homecoming and be like, you, you be a good man out there, you, mm-hmm. you be polite, you be a gentleman. Like, yeah. That was, I, yeah, I, I hope FP and Fred continue to be friends, because it seems like FP is making like a lot of effort to turn his life around. And I feel like part of that, um, like in real life too, when you're when you're trying to turn your life around and trying to get like your head back on straight and all that stuff, it's good to have like a support system of solid people. So instead of hanging out with like 
all his friends that he's gone to jail with many times over the years, mm-hmm. he's hanging out with like a solid guy, like like Fred Andrews. <laughs> um, in case in case I'm not able to cut out any cat meows, it's still an hour until they need to eat dinner, and they're just <laughs> they're just a little bit cranky about it. So my apologies. It's a time change. It's been, they've gotten used to it already. They're just, they're just <laughs> boys. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good scene. Um, followed by, I, I mean, I think still, still a good scene, and I agree with the decision um, here. But when, when it gets revealed how how Jughead got betrayed by his friends, um, you know, we 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 had um, in the birthday episode. Jughead kind of being a piece of shit uh, to Betty. Yeah. And, and and kind of a little like manipulative and like saying stuff just like to purposely like antagonize and hurt. And there's a similar thing here where he like finds out not even that Betty has betrayed him because she also didn't know that stuff was going on. But when he finds out that that Archie and Veronica I mean, she we'll, she, we'll she she knows she her mother. She that. definitely should have. She suspected. Yeah. And didn't say anything. Yeah. But so, she didn't you know, know. To be fair. Yeah. She didn't know exactly that. Like, oh, Archie and Veronica are gonna go through with this. Yeah, she didn't know they were involved. She just knew, like, as far as the dinner goes, all she knew is like her mom's gonna ask some uncomfortable questions. Yeah, and and then she made a plan to like try and circumvent that by inviting her dad, right? Yeah. She's so like, I'm going to make my mom uncomfortable. Exactly. Is, and, and, like, yeah. to me, that is, like, her doing what she could to, like, deal with what she knew was happening. Yeah. Because, to me, that's her also being betrayed by Archie and Veronica of, like, how can you do that? Why I would, agree, yeah. Um. So Jughead kind of going after Betty, I think, what he said was he was like, to think I was going to pass on moving with my family to Toledo for you. Yeah, a really shitty thing to say. Also, um, anyone out there who's like, maybe I should stay in my hometown for a girl or a guy <laughs> or whoever you're dating, don't do it. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's also like... Don't don't stay for like a really... Sh- like, they've been together for like two months and they're 15. Um, he needs to be with his actual family. <laughs> And and I think this, too, is what is super confusing, is that it seemed like, like when FP and, and Jughead were talking in the truck, and mm-hmm. FP mentioned, like, oh, we should go to Toledo, mm-hmm. and Jughead was, like, uncertain, it's like, you already made up your mind? Um, and, and his conversation earlier with Betty, like, before the dance really started, like, when they got there, of, like... Mm-hmm. I need to talk to you about something serious later. Yeah. It's like, oh, so he's still thinking about it. It's not that he's made up his mind. It's just like, hey, something's up. Just so you know. Like, yeah, it kind of seemed like he was going to be like, oh, I have a big decision to make. I want to talk about it with you. Yeah. yeah. Not, I've already made a big decision. I'm going to abandon my family and go to high school. See, to me, him <laughs> saying, like, to think I was going to like abandon my family and go to high school um to me that was him being like i was deciding between these two things but you're doing this removes the option of staying here like i would 
Mm, like okay, he yeah. like he was still deciding and then when she's when she when he like all this is revealed he's like uh actually fuck all of you i have no reason to stay i'm gonna go to toledo mm, okay yeah that that makes way more sense um it but, wasn't very like well stated in the scene at all so i think yeah. it would be easy to get like but to me this felt like a jab and then also like if i'm in betty's shoes and somebody said that to me, I'd be like, well, you shouldn't have done that anyway, so... Right, and it's like, it's like, would you even be able to stay if your whole family goes? Because it's not like Mr. Andrews has custody. Yeah, is he just going to adopt you, or like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a weird moment, and I was like... Like, you're going to get Fred charged with kidnapping if you stay, like... Yeah. <laughs> I, I did appreciate this, though. Like, I, I like this scene... Um, and I liked Jughead again, like, kind of being, like, like a teen, you know? I, I yeah. thought this was good. And I, I think he started off pretty good, like, I don't know. Like, other than what he says to Betty being, like, um, you know, I never want to see you again, basically. Like, other than all that stuff, thank you, Theo. Um, I think he starts off pretty strong being, like, guys, like, you're leaving me out of something this is something I should be aware of and like calling them out um, for like going behind his back and like not trusting him that he knows his dad. Um, I felt like all of that was pretty well handled. And then he does get, he does get out of hand and, and is like, you know, very teenage about it where he's like, um, he just takes things too far, you know? He's like he yeah. started off strong and then and then he's just like and also fuck you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> <laughs> Never talking to any of you again. And I hope that your shoes fall apart tomorrow, Archie. <laughs> <laughs> like it just gets real, real teenage with it, which isn't the worst thing. I actually don't mind it. No, I I, I liked it honestly. Um, I think it's it, it's like a believable reaction for him. Um, yeah. Like he's kind of he's he's like the he's the emo poet. Of course he's gonna get like. Yeah. He's emotionally unstable. Like he's gonna. Thou fly wouldst off the betray me. <laughs> you know he's gonna get. Et tu brute. Et tu brute. Oh my god, he should. That would have been so good. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? He walks out. Okay, hear me out. For the homecoming dance, he he doesn't. There's like a, this is like a totally different episode, but there's this big reveal where he goes to homecoming dance and he's not wearing his hat, and he's yeah. like, I decided, you know, for you, I'm gonna change. I'm not gonna wear the hat. Yeah. And there's this character moment where he's like, he's like a new, he's like a new man. He's like, you know, shit's going good with his dad, and then he finds out that he's been betrayed. And he, like, pulls his hat, like, out of his back pocket yeah. and puts it on. And it's, like, all he says is, et tu, Brute. And then he just, like, walks away. Yes. <laughs> I love it. The only change I would make is he puts the hat on and, like, glares and turns and then over his shoulder says, et tu, oh, Brute. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the extra drama, like Archie's like, Chuckhead, wait, and he's like, oh. Yeah. 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 What's he doing? He's scratching the picture frame like a fucking menace. <laughs> get, get out. 
we need to talk about the Varshi case. Oh, yeah. Specifically because of the two lines that they say here. Oh. Because, <laughs> um, like, Ronnie's, like, really upset that um, they didn't find anything in FP's trailer. And she's like, we got to search it again. There's got to be something. And Archie, <laughs> Archie says, not finding anything tonight feels like a major win for the home team. <laughs> Goes, <laughs> like you think Archie's line is bad. Ronnie goes, Yay, though I walk through the valley of darkness, <laughs> Archie Andrews is there with a smile and a sports metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> and then they make out. <laughs> they make out in this trailer. <laughs> Yay, though I walk through the valley of darkness. Oh, Archie God. Andrews is there. With a smile and a sports metaphor. Smile and a sports metaphor. Like, <laughs> it's so <yeah>. bad. <laughs> it's, it's just really, really rough. It's like, she's not wrong. Archie is the most, like, perky little upbeat fella this whole, <laughs> this whole <laughs> series, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like... But the line, Jesus Christ. And then to just have them make out after that. Yeah. <laughs> like if someone, <laughs> if someone was like, if someone opened it with, yeah, so I walked through the valley of darkness, I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, but you, for, we forget that Archie, his best friend is super emo poet Jughead Jones. So he's very oh, used to this together. type of like dramatic prose, you know? Yeah. This is I'm, normal for him. Veronica and Jughead is my new ship. Just imagine oh. them quoting shit at each other. The two of them together, it's too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking nightmare they would be. Oh, God. <laughs> and then they'd be, like, resentful of each other the whole time, too, because yeah. Jughead would be like, yeah, well, I'm not from a rich family like yours. And Veronica would be like, in case you forgot, my yacht got taken away when my dad went to federal <laughs> prison for embezzlement. <laughs> well, my dad's in jail. Yeah, well, my dad's a Southside serpent. Well, my dad's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad paid your dad to do that murder. <laughs> At Tupperte? <laughs> They would be the worst, most toxic okay. couple award for for yeah. Betty and or Ronnie and, and Jughead. Oh. They'd be kind of epic together, though. I'm not going to lie. It would be very epic. We have to stop saying epic sincerely. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such an epic show. It's like everything it is. is epic. Everything is like, like, huge. It's like... Like, no way she said Can that. Can you believe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you do cracked me up. <laughs> I'm just really good at physical comedy. You That's are, what they uh, told me in clown school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Um, there were one thing I do want to say before we like wrap up and before we wrap up also we'll get into some like uh character discussion like we did the last two weeks. Mm. Um but there were some really good shots this episode. Um 
we had a lot of nice like outdoor scenes. We had a lot of cool camera angles. They obviously pulled a lot of camera angles directly from Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, but if at, at least they're learning, <laughs> you know, at least they're learning. Those are some yeah. successful films with some good camera angles. I don't even mind if they're like fully stealing, borrowing, whatever. <laughs> I don't. I don't even as long as they're like learning from it, and and actually using what they learn in the show, which they seem to be doing. Well, I'm tortured by the hounds of the Baskervilles, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as long as long as they're like learning from these things that they're pulling from, I'm fine with it because there were some really good shots. Um, the lighting was really good this episode, I was noticing. And the outdoor shots, I I would love to see some more outdoor scenes. We got a few the last episode, too, which I had mentioned. But when they do the outdoor shots, it really makes it feel real, not like it's just on a set somewhere, you know? So Yeah. I, I like when we get those. I, I do agree. I think overall it was better than, than last episode, uh, like the, the technical side, excuse me, of some of the camera work. Well, was there anything else you wanted to mention with this episode? <sighs> Man, um, I don't think so, no. Um, I think that, that, that should be it for me. Cool. Um, so just for our, our character discussion then, um, again, this was on the r slash Riverdale subreddit, and I was struggling to find quotes to pull for Betty. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll, there was just, there weren't as many comments on this thread, and a lot of them were just kind of bland. It was like, I liked her. <laughs> <laughs> or like, she wasn't Betty? my favorite, but she was fine. And yeah. that was just kind of most of the comments. Um General agreement was that her character development was pretty good. Uh, people were excited for season two. There was a lot of um, discussion, like shipping discussion, about her relationships with Archie and Jughead. Um, so if if you want, I can send you a couple of quotes, or we can kind of get into like how we felt about Betty, whichever you want to do first. I think we should start with the quotes. We've been we've been opinionating on on the show quite a while sounds good i'm gonna send you two quotes here in the chat oh man she seems so perfect on the outside but on the inside she's a mess like everyone else yeah it's like yeah that's your character <laughs> yep, that's especially yep. the first couple episodes that's what they were trying to do mm-hmm. they kind of fell off of that a bit but betty doesn't struggle as much she just kind of like she's really smart she's really talented she works really hard and you know what my biggest flaw is is that I... <laughs> <laughs> too talented and i work too hard but that, that's what, like what is betty's flaw right what is her flaw i mean it's her uh her psycho second personality and murderous rage <laughs> but that came out in like two episodes and then it's yeah. just like completely brushed off her flaw is dark betty um <laughs> but, but i mean i mean seriously like what 
No, I, I'm being completely serious. I don't think she has another flaw. I think that's <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah. It's like, oh, she helps too much and she cares too much and she's, you know. It's like all the stuff you're supposed to say in a job interview. Mm. Um, I'll read the second one if you want, and then I've got a third one I'm sending to you. Um, Go ahead. Betty is someone who tries so hard in every aspect of her life. A lot of that is to please her mother, but it is also a drive that comes from within. A drive to never give up, to fight for what she wants, to demand honesty and integrity from her friends and her town. And it's from Lit Lady Loves HP <laughs> Reddit user... <laughs> Um. <laughs> okay, so all right, I got a couple. <laughs> this is literally what we were just saying. <laughs> I got a couple questions. Here. Yeah, what's up? This is from like when, uh, like, like season one era, right? This is like yes, a, this is yeah. from season one. Okay, so they're working with around the same amount of character information that we've got. Yes. Okay. Which is also a drive that comes from within. Where, where do we see that? A drive to never give up. I do think we kind of see that in her actions, but we don't see that in her dialogue. Yeah. Like, you know, like she she's the one who's like, we got to make a murder board about Jason's death, you know? Okay. Yeah. She is a very, okay. Yeah. She's driven. Yeah. She's, she's very, yeah, she's, she's Thanks. driven, but... Does she demand honesty and integrity from her friends? We saw a little bit of it that this episode, but I think not really. She kind of she's I she's guess so. the one she's to holding like, them accountable. Yeah, but like if it's, if there's something she wants, she's gonna just do whatever it is and lie and cheat and steal to get what she wants. Like that's like that's why she like drowned that kid in a fucking pool. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> like she will she doesn't care <laughs> if there's something that she wants she's gonna do it regardless of honesty and integrity and yeah. the law and you know morality yeah, um, yeah. wow lit lady loves hp hp lovecraft you think or oh honestly hopefully <laughs> I don't know what would be worse if she loves H.P. Lovecraft or Harry Potter. So <laughs> kind of a toss up between two evils there. Um. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> this is so interesting because it's just like. I don't understand how you can read so much into the characters. <laughs> yeah, especially Betty. Like, we haven't really gotten much at all. <laughs> from Betty like the fact that the majority to be clear these ones I'm pulling were the ones that were like detailed yeah, the majority yeah. of them were like Betty seems cool I'd like to see more from her yeah which, that's where I'm at yeah like I think that would be the standard response at this point in time since yeah. we haven't really like, heard a lot from her yeah like I really wouldn't I wouldn't give this impassioned like speech about her her being really driven or or fighting for what she wants or valuing honesty like i like i think she kind of does those things but it's not something that i would highlight in her character like strong. yeah i mean if i'm like in an english class and we're doing a character analysis <laughs> essay and i've chosen betty cooper for some reason i think i could pull those things <laughs> out you know yeah but yeah i guess that's fair but um, it's a Reddit thread. 
<laughs> so there's really no need to pull those things out. And the majority of users did not. So yeah. But yeah, we've got this let's, next quote here for you if you want. Let's see. She's not the type of what you see is what you get character. She has more layers and flaws than we could have imagined. I also love how she's not jumping into conclusions easily and tend to understand things from all points of view. That's from Megan EAI. Yeah. Megan, <laughs> it's exactly the what you see is what you get. Because we yeah. see her be herself and we see her when she's like being evil as Dark Betty. So. Yeah, we've seen both sides of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We see what we get consistently. She's not hiding, like, there's nothing Betty is, like, hiding from really anyone in the show, I guess. Yeah, she, I guess she was hiding Dark Betty for a while, but at this point, everyone knows, so. Yeah. And also, so, like, these character discussions came out um, kind of in the space between season one and season two. So, at this point, they've seen all the episodes of season one, so it has been revealed that she's dark Betty. So every like this character, like this person is um, commenting this with well, this full awareness that you know it came out at the at Jughead's birthday party. Right. So sure, but I, I think even from my perspective, like if I'm evaluating a character and, and trying to decide, like as someone who's just seeing the show, right? Mm, like as a viewer. Yeah. Like as a viewer, she is. She is right on the page. It's not like she is like 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 when she was dark Betty. It's not like we had her like kind of suspiciously do something and then something happens off camera and we don't know what happened. Yeah. We were there for everything. So we we kind of know what her character is really well because all of her interesting character moments have been on screen and we've we've been able to see them and understand okay that's part of betty's character she has this dark side yeah um, we're not so, getting a third person narrative persca- perspective we're getting direct characterization yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so i'm like well all even her flaws have been like yeah. like there's nothing left to the imagination we we know what her flaws are i think it's a really good point yeah for us if you were she's fully there like everything good and bad we know about her on screen yeah so yeah. I, I, I don't really agree with this, but whatever. Yeah. The, there's, I think, a lot of high hopes. To be fair, I think Betty is one of the characters that's pretty fully flushed out, like fleshed out by the end of season one. So I think I think a lot of people are just kind of um, really hopeful. <laughs> yes. So I've got this one here that I'll read, and then I've got one that I want you to read after. Um, It said, I love that they adapted Betty's character to fit the TV show dynamic. Riverdale is obviously way darker than the Archie comics. I really love the fact that for Riverdale, they gave her a dark side. I cannot wait to learn more about Betty. This is from Reddit user, they have a thing. Which shipper name, shipper username, just got to say Oh, they yeah. have a thing. Oh, oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these two characters. Yeah. yeah. So, um, having not really read the Riverdale comic 
the earth. Oh my god. He's fucking eating his tent. Just a second. <laughs> He's hungry. Yeah, ha- having not read the original Archie comics, I can't really... They obviously changed a lot of stuff for this show, but I, yeah. you know, since I'm not familiar with the comics, I can't really speak to that. Yeah, I really love the fact that for Riverdale, they gave her a dark side. <laughs> um, I feel like dark side should be, like, each word should be capitalized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I can't wait to learn more about Betty, and I think the dark side is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just get the... Oh, my God. Yeah, this is the one I want you to read. So this one is completely (laughs) different from all the other ones, and it was really fun. Oh, my God. (laughs) So their comment is, I want Betty to get more into mechanics and have that dynamic into the story. Perhaps Archie will finally get his old car, and him and Betty can work on it together. Yeah. This would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is this would be so cool. Yeah, this would be, be a fun, fun show. Yeah, because I feel like it leans more into like the teen dynamics, like. Yeah. Like they can, uh, you know, do some stuff together. That's like just fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a good opportunity too for like for them to talk about major plot stuff that's happening. Be like, yeah. oh, pass me that Alan wrench, Archie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go. Test out the the new motor, the new engine in the car, and we can we can drive it down the block and like oh we oh it broke down oh but it it broke down by this spot by the river and we discovered some clues. Yeah, like it was it's a, Kevin in the, in the fucking <laughs> once again hooking up with a stranger. Oh no, <laughs> Kevin, you gotta stop these hookups, bud. <laughs> Let's talk Get about a real safe relationship. Yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, I, I think this is a this would be a literal vehicle for the plot, um, yes. which is desperately needed. Because I don't I don't give a fuck about the school newspaper. Yeah, we need like more character interactions. Yeah. 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 Fo oh oh three is correct. Sorry, <laughs> child that's in my window screening. So. Um. Surprisingly, I only heard the cat. So. Well, that was actually a child. Oh. Yes. I thought that was a cat. Nope. (laughs) Fun fact about cats, they evolved to sound like that because they sound like small children screaming, which makes us want to care for them more. Manipulative little bastards. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're kind of like, like, uh, I cut that out. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna make reference to the show, but I couldn't think of a character that they would be like. <laughs> oh my god, we have to leave it in now. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you. Um, now that we've kind of got through our our uh, community feelings on Betty, um, what are what are your feelings on Betty so far? And do you feel like she matches up with the character we saw in season in episode one? Yeah, I don't think her character has really changed at all, honestly. Um, it seems like she, they had her character nailed down in the very beginning of the show, and um, 
didn't really feel the need to give her much character development. Like, she's always been a fairly, like, well-adjusted, balanced person who knows what she wants and works hard and is going to get it. And then there was, like, a small twist where it's like, oh, and, you know, she's willing to break the rules and, like, be dangerous. Um, But I also think that, to some extent, she displayed those characteristics early on, too. Um, So Mm -hmm. she's kind of been... You know, less of an arc and more of, like, she's been a really consistent character throughout, which I can still appreciate. Yeah, I do feel like they were trying to make her have an arc. Yeah. Um, And just very... But then they kind of gave up on it, because they just kind of dropped her dark side stuff. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree for the most part, I would say, I think the, the only thing, I don't know, like, she, yeah, she's like very consistent, but what interests me, cause it's just nice to have like a consistent character. I think, I think her and Archie are probably our most consistent characters. Um, but what interests me with Betty over Archie or over any of the rest of the characters even is that she's the only one who seems to realize that they're dealing with a murder <laughs> and she's acting like she's in a fucking criminal minds episode. Like yeah. most every episode where, yeah. Have you, have you seen any criminal minds? Uh, really. No. <laughs> it used to be my comfort show. <laughs> if, that, mm. if that tells the audience anything about me, um, I'm a sicko. <laughs> but I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. I don't fit I've in. never seen you without that hat on. <laughs> yeah. Criminal Minds is my comfort show. Very jughead of me, I know. But um, but yeah, so basically, like, every Criminal Minds episode is very dramatic. Like, what could they have been doing in that barn? Or whatever, you know. And that's very much, <laughs> like, Betty's, Betty's whole thing is, like, uh, what are they doing to Polly on that farm? Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you doing there in that monastery? Polly can't be by herself at the at the Thornhill Manor. They'll, you know, she's, you know, they'll rip her to shreds. They'll rip her to shreds. <laughs> she, she couldn't last a day out there. <laughs> she's never been one for secrecy, <laughs> like spycraft, none of that stuff. Yeah. Um, which is kind of fun that we're getting like. Like a hardened detective character who's like a <laughs> one girl. serious character of the main <laughs> cast. Yeah, she's like you know if they're casting this, this is fucking Columbo. This is like <laughs> this is a forty-year-old man twice divorced, chain smoking with a trench coat, being like, <laughs> "I'm gonna solve this case, Jughead." Oh my god, especially <laughs> for that fucking episode where Jughead and Betty first started getting together. And and Jughead's like walking her home or whatever. Yes, she's <laughs> and he literally... kisses her, and then she's just like, ah, I figured it out, and just like walks away. Yeah, if this is like a hard-boiled detective novel, the, the detective's like, thanks, doll, you really helped me solve one this time, <laughs> and just fucking goes yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Or, again, Jughead is the lady love, I guess, of the detective. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
He's the film. Jack Kennedy is a film fatale. Is what we're, <laughs> what we're <laughs> this is why the uh, Veronica Jughead ship is superior because it's two film fatales. <laughs> two film fatales coming together. <laughs> the only lesbian ship in the series is <laughs> Jughead and Veronica. <laughs> Although we did get a Veronica Betty kiss, but I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, it was awful, that's why. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Ugh. show, huh? Ooh, hit something. <laughs> hit something else. Well, we've gone pretty long this episode. Um, is there anything else you want to cover? I don't think so, no. I think, I think that's pretty much it. We are... So this is episode 11. Mm-hmm. We're two episodes away from the end of season one. So we have one episode um, in between. Our next episode we'll cover is season one, episode 12, Anatomy of a Murder. Mm. Intriguing. Very intriguing. So well, I'm very excited to cover the next episode and and reveal all the secrets of Riverdale. Hopefully so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, enjoy some (laughs) outro by my cat. (laughs) Yeah. All right. See you next week.